In the realm of GLP-1 pills, Pfizer has recently entered the fray with their own innovative contender. They've initiated trials for Danuglepron, another oral GLP-1 agonist which has shown some promising results. Currently, Ozempic has a pill alternative called Rebelsis, which you may already be familiar with as it's the only oral GLP-1 agonist currently on the market. However, it's about to get a lot more company. Novo Nordisk currently has the edge. Ozempic and Monjaro, two popular GLP-1 agonist drugs used for weight loss, are given as injections. However, there's a growing effort to transform these types of drugs into pill form, catering to the preferences of individuals who would rather swallow a pill than give themselves injections. They're actively pursuing the introduction of a pill version of their injectable weight loss drug, Wagavi. Essentially, this pill will be Rebelsis given at a much higher dose and targeted specifically towards weight loss. When it comes to weight loss, the mechanism behind all these GLP-1 agonists are all generally the same. These compounds operate by slowing down the digestive system and triggering sensations of fullness, effectively reducing the amount of food you can eat. What sets these GLP-1 agonists apart is the fact that they can be taken in pill form, eliminating the need for injections like most others in their class. You see, GLP-1 agonists are intricate molecules vulnerable to damage caused by the acidic environment and enzymes found in the stomach and gut. Hence, it comes as no surprise that many GLP-1 agonists such as Bidurion, Monjaro, and Ozempic require injections to safeguard these delicate delicate molecules from the harsh effects of stomach acids and enzymes. Now, you might wonder, how is Novo Nordisk or Pfizer able to deal with this issue? The answer is that each drug takes two distinct approaches. In Novo Nordisk's case, while the injectable form of semaglutide is vulnerable to destruction in the stomach, the oral form of semaglutide introduces an intriguing element, the addition of a compound known as SNAC. SNAC acts as an absorption enhancer and plays a crucial role in protecting the delicate semaglutide molecule from the harsh gastric environment. It also helps the drug's absorption through the stomach lining. This helps ensure the safe journey of semaglutide from the pill into the bloodstream. It is this integration of SNAC with semaglutide that enables Rebelsis to function as a pill. This technology is also being employed in the development of the pill form of Wagavi. In Pfizer's case, the molecule itself seems to be able to withstand the destruction of the stomach and is able to make it to the bloodstream without any specialized help. It's hard to say exactly why, however, I do notice that semaglutide is a much larger and more complex molecule, while danuglepron is a smaller and simpler molecule. Perhaps a smaller and simpler molecule has less areas for enzymes or other chemicals to attack it, making it less prone to damage from the surrounding environment. Actually, if you're interested about GLP-1 agonists for weight loss, we have a comparison of upcoming and established GLP-1 agonist drugs summarized on our coffee page. Check out and support our coffee page for more exclusive content. I've linked the page down below in the description. 
But how do these GLP-1 pills compare to each other? Novo Nordisk's Ravelsis and Pfizer's Danuglipron initially target diabetes, although Pfizer likely plans to branch out a separate brand for obesity treatment once their drug gains approval for diabetes. However, Novo Nordisk's upcoming pill form of Wagovi already has a distinct focus on obesity treatment. While they all share the commonality of being pills, there are some noteworthy differences. Semaglutide only needs to be taken once a day, whereas Danuglipron likely needs to be taken twice a day. However, semaglutide must be taken on an empty stomach, whereas Danuglipron may offer more flexibility in this regard. How about effectiveness for weight loss? While direct head-to-head -head comparisons are lacking, we can draw some indirect comparisons. Individuals using Rebelsis achieved an average weight loss of approximately 3.4 kilograms. Those on Dinuglipron experienced a slightly higher average weight loss of 4.2 kilograms. However, the pill form of Wagovi has individuals shedding an impressive average of around 13 kilograms. Thus, Dinuglipron seems to show promise in closely matching rebelses in weight loss, but falls significantly short of the pill version of Wagovi. However, there are a few problems with this surface level comparison. Firstly, we must consider the different time frames for these pills. Rebelsis and the pill form of Wagovi underwent testing for a year or even longer, whereas Dinuglipron's trials were limited to 16 weeks. As a result, Dinuglipron's long-term effectiveness remains unproven. Some speculate that this shorter duration could indicate faster results, as it achieved in 4 months what Rebelsis accomplished in a year. But this speculation is incorrect. Weight loss with these medications is not a linear journey. The first few months often yield the fastest progress, after which weight loss slows down or even plateaus. At this stage, the medication's ability to sustain and maintain weight loss in the long run becomes more important, or else it could run into the issue of weight regain, commonly associated with short-term drugs like fentermine. Additionally, the number of studies conducted on Rebelsis far surpasses those done on the other drugs. The Pioneer trials, consisting of 10 studies, compared Rebelsis against other medications and under different conditions. Consequently, the results from these trials carry greater reliability. The pill form of Wagovi currently only has two published studies, namely the Pioneer Plus and Oasis One trials, with more Oasis trials planned in the near future. On the other hand, Dagnulipron has relatively limited trial data, with only one phase 2 trial, making the reliability of its results less robust. So I'll be closely monitoring any new trials or findings to see if my initial impressions change. To stay informed, be sure to subscribe to the channel and enable all notifications. Lastly, it's worth noting that Dagnulipron's current focus is solely on diabetes treatment. Once Pfizer shifts its attention to weight loss, they may explore the possibility of increasing the dosage to maximize its weight loss potential. So until then, it may not be entirely fair to compare Dagnulipron to the pill form of Wagovi, as they technically target different conditions. Amidst the rise of all these GLP-1 pills, do injections hold any advantages or are they doomed to disappear? A common misconception some people have is that injections may offer greater effectiveness than pills. In clinical practice, the injectable Ozempic is often regarded as equivalent in therapeutic efficacy to its oral form, Rebelsis. 
However, when we look into comparative studies examining the weight loss achieved with these drugs at their maximum recommended doses for diabetic patients, an intriguing pattern emerges. On average, Ozempic seems to do better than Rebelsis at these doses, implying that the injectable form of semaglutide might be more effective for weight loss when compared to its oral counterpart. However, this might just be a dosing issue. It's obvious that the oral formulations are not as well absorbed as their injected counterparts, but the solution seems to be to simply increase the dose until you get the desired absorption. Ozempic is injected at a 1mg dose, while Rebelsis is taken at a 14mg dose, equivalent to a 14-fold increase. Similarly, Wagovi is injected at 2.4mg, whereas the pill form of Wagovi necessitates 50mg for comparable benefits, more than a 20-fold increase. So pill formulations are meticulously designed to achieve similar effectiveness to their injected counterparts. Any differences in effectiveness is likely to be more influenced by patient compliance. For example, for some individuals, giving yourself an injection once a week may be easier than daily pill consumption, especially if you need to take it on an empty stomach every time. Skipping days due to forgetfulness or taking the pills with food due to convenience can reduce the efficacy of the pills, making injections more effective for certain people due to their lifestyle. So both the pills and injections will be useful for different individuals. Another reason why injections will continue to hold their own is because most other GLP-1 agonists such as Monjaro are still vulnerable to stomach acid and enzyme breakdown. Absorption enhancers and protective molecules such as SNAC are limited to just semaglutide and can't really be applied to other GLP-1 agonists at the moment. However, it is highly likely that pharmaceutical companies in possession of these drugs are actively pursuing the development of SNAC-like absorption enhancers to market their injectable medications in pill form to cater to a wider audience. So despite the upcoming rise of GLP-1 pills, injections will continue to persist and offer unique advantages compared to their pill forms. As before, I'm Dr. Brian Young bringing you weight loss info on this podcast. If you found this short podcast helpful, please consider following and subscribing to our podcast and share with someone you know can use the help.